spring into action this year with a brand new ride at Audi Atlanta. Brian Finneran here, eager to help you kick off the season behind the wheel of a well-equipped 2024 Audi Q5 e SUV with plug-in hybrid technology. Available now at Audi Atlanta. It's literally the perfect SUV for those who have been thinking about EV but might not be ready to go all in. With Audi's plug-in hybrid technology, you get the best of both worlds. The electric power for in-town driving and a full tank of gas to eliminate that range anxiety for those out-of-town adventures. Right now, you can lease the Audi Q5 e plug-in hybrid for only $560 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Drive into spring with style at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease. 2024 Audi Q5 E55 S-Line Quattro. 560 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4954 due at sign. Example stock number 825448. MSRP 62495. Excludes tax title and state fees. Offer expires 4124 with approved credit. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation, found at the Podcast Park, along with the podcasts of all your other favorite 680 hosts, or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. So, a much happier rendition of 643 today, as opposed to Tuesday, as the Braves have basically taken what was a really bad showing on Monday defensively and pitching and decided that they were going to play some real baseball. In this series with Philadelphia, I think we've seen the Braves offense perform better than they have at any consistent point all season long. They're now at three consecutive games, where so they've got 10 plus hits we'll talk about. But the Braves do win last night, doubling up the Phillies eight to four. Just a great offensive showing from a number of players as the Braves have now essentially guaranteed a series split if they can get tonight's game in. They win tonight's game, and not only will they have one consecutive series for the first time this year, but they will also have won three games in a row for the first time this year. They have not won or lost. Uh, a, they have not won or lost three or three consecutive games this season. So a great time to start that would be in the winning category behind Kyle Wright, as uh, you'll have Kyle Wright and Aaron Nola toe in the rubber for their respective teams tonight. And for the Braves, you just kind of want to carry, offensively speaking, you want to carry the momentum that you've had this entire series. The Braves' offense, after kind of hitting a low watermark in a few of those games versus Milwaukee, who have a really good starting rotation, um, but Braves' offense have been struggling, making contact consistently. The, the strikeouts were starting to pile up, just really bad at-bats at the plate. Number of number of guys who were pressing, obviously pressing, and were extremely overly aggressive. Uh, it, it looks like you've seen a little bit of a shift uh, in the Braves' offensive strategy. Now, I don't know if also part of this could be that the Braves' offense is trying to find different ways to impact the ball game, knowing that the baseball doesn't fly as far uh, the higher it's hit in the air. I think that's one thing behind Matt Olson and Adam Duvall struggling so much in the power department is a lot of their home runs tend to be kind of high rise these big 
arching home runs, these these kind of big, gigantic home runs. And as you've seen so far this year, the line drive homers tend to be fine. But once you get any real loft on the ball, that's when you're starting to see a lot of these just die. And as a result, at least this series with Philadelphia. Now, granted, Philadelphia doesn't have the best starting pitching, but you faced Zach Wheeler and you faced Ranger Suarez, both of whom are very, very good. Zach Wheeler is one of the very best arms in the National League and one of the best pitchers overall in baseball. Uh, And while you lost game one, and it was a pretty bad game, like watching the game, the offense performed very, very well. As I said, the offense is now, in all three games of this series with Philadelphia, have have, uh, double-digit hits. And in two two of the games against Miami, they had nine hits. So the offense is really starting to kind of turn a corner. Uh, now, sometimes they haven't been the best on the bases. They haven't been the best at scoring runs and, and making all those hits count. But that's – if you continue to stack up six-plus, seven-plus hits a game, you're going to win more games than you lose. And for the Braves right now, they, they look like they're getting hot at the exact perfect time as they don't have another game with a team over 500 until June – uh, June, I think it's June 20th, maybe June 20th, June 21st, something like that. Whenever they welcome the, whenever they play the Dodgers again. Um, but for now the Braves have a real opportunity, 29 games in a row with teams under 500. The Braves have an opportunity now sitting two games under 500 to go on a real run and try to try to go after the Mets a little bit as, uh, the Mets just kind of got, uh, <laughs> blown out by, uh, by the Giants yesterday, lost the, the game before that. The Mets are off today before they start playing Philadelphia. Um, now with Max Scherzer going down, Jacob deGrom still not pitching, a lot of the Mets guys starting to kind of go through a little bit of struggles. The time is now for the Braves to make a real run and, and kind of get this season back on the right track. And you've seen a lot of that so far this series. Whether or not they win tonight or even if they get the game in tonight, this has been a much better performance from the Braves this series. This is a lot more like the Braves that you were expecting to see outside of the defensive woes and the bullpen miscues against Zach Wheeler. The last two games against Kyle Gibson and against uh, Ranger Suarez last night, the Braves have looked much, much better. They've, they've looked a lot more like I expected to see them uh, pretty much this whole season. And, it, and it's a good sight to see. You're seeing multiple guys getting multiple hits night in and night out. And nobody offensively has been better than William Contreras. We'll talk about him in a second. But just talking about yesterday, one of the reasons I liked yesterday's game so much, aside from the fact that the Braves doubled up the Phillies, was that Charlie Morton didn't have a particularly good start, particularly by the standards we'd seen him set lately. Only went four and a third, gave up nine hits, four earned runs, uh, one walk, four strikeouts. Didn't give up a homer. Threw 90 pitches, and it was four and a third. And early on, he was getting squeezed, it looked like. A little bit later, though, he he just had a lot of high-stress innings, wasn't getting a a ton of movement that he wanted to get on his pitches, and just wasn't... This was the worst start he's had in a while. Luckily, the Braves' offense, as we have expected them to be able to do for the last few years, was able to bail Charlie out, and that's, that's what I'd like to see. You can't count on every one of your pitchers to go out there and have their best outings every time out there. Occasionally, the offense needs to pick you up, and it's a, and it's a, a good momentum builder, and it's a good... It puts you in a good place when you see your offense pick up your pitching. It's especially good for your pitching staff to know that they don't always have to be completely lights out in order to, to garner some victories. They don't always have to go out there and be able to give you seven shutout in order for you to win a game. That takes pressure off of your rotation and allows them to be a lot more loose, a lot more free, and allows them to, to kind of go about the game a little bit better. And what you were looking at yesterday, you had uh, every starter in the lineup, with the exception of Travis Demerit. 
got a base hit or got on base in some capacity. Ozzie Albies went one for five, had two ribbies. Uh, Dansby Swanson, four for five last night, two ribbies of his own. Marcelo Zuno, one for five. Austin Riley, yet another multi-hit game, two for four with a home run. Um, Matt Olson, one for four with a walk. William Contreras, as I mentioned, uh, just continues to do crazy things. Adam Duvall went one for two and was on base three times. That's a sight for sore eyes. Uh, Orlando Arcia in there for Ronald Acuna, who sat last night with a with quad soreness, which they call it a grade one quad strain day to day. I think a lot of that might have had to do with the fact that it was wet, and you don't really want to have him running around on wet grass if you don't have to right now. Be overly cautious. Uh, Boris Arcia has been outstanding offensively this year. His line is now up to 341, 417 with a 512 slugging, uh, which is weird because Snit wanted to use him all the time last year when he wasn't hitting. Now that Arcia is right now, aside from William Contreras, the best hitter on the team, um, hasn't hasn't been able to get into games very, very often. Uh, but overall, can't really complain about anything yesterday. The Braves were the Braves offense was fantastic. Spencer Strider came in and threw two and two thirds innings, threw 46 pitches, uh, two walks, five strikeouts in those two and two thirds innings. Colin McHugh threw another two innings, uh, gave up two hits, but both guys did not allow a run as the bullpen got you towards another victory. Now, that's probably my biggest beef with yesterday is at this rate, we're never going to see Spencer Strider start a game. And I don't I, I don't understand why. I think if I think if you were going to bring him in yesterday out of the bullpen I think I would have preferred to just let him throw 55 60 pitches and almost treat it like a quasi start so that you're leaving him stretched out because you got to give Spencer Strider an opportunity here I know I'm a big Waskar Noah fan I think Waskar is going to be back in the starting rotation uh we've got some really good news on Mike Soroka who's throwing bullpens and, and getting uh he was actually running a little bit or, you know, quote-unquote running, but he was he was jogging in the outfield straight line a little bit. Looks like he's getting geared up and, and ready to start throwing to live hitters soon. Uh, he's he's looking at a return right around the All-Star break, which I would imagine would be right after the All-Star break. And if Mike Soroka can really come back and look like the Mike Soroka that we saw before, or even just close to the Mike Soroka we saw before, that is a, a godsend. That's one time that I will allow the chip carry. It's like making a trade without making a trade. It's about the only time I will allow that. Um, but until then, Spencer Strider has at least earned an opportunity in the rotation. And I think I think you do him a disservice if you don't at least reward him with a start. Even if, even if you plan on Mike Soroka coming back and having that fifth starter spot. Even if you plan on that. Strider has earned a starting opportunity. I know it's awesome to see him in two innings. Imagine how great it would be to see him for five or six. Um, one of the best strikeout arms in all of Major League Baseball. Doesn't give up a lot at all. So I, I think he I think he deserves something. I think he's you know sitting with a 2.22 ERA. He's got a uh, a WHIP of 103. He, he deserves some some reward. And if you can't figure out the fifth starter slot. I think you should probably go ahead and give Spencer an opportunity. I don't know at this point when we should ever expect it. I don't know. Um, I, I genuinely hope we see him get an opportunity before Soroka comes back. Now, once Soroka comes back, I, obviously, I want Mike Soroka to come back and be Mike Soroka. If you can add actual Mike Soroka back into the rotation, now you've got a, a really deep rotation, especially since Ian Anderson hasn't quite been the Ian Anderson most people were hoping he would be by this point. Uh, unless you unless you look at the postseason where he tends to be lights out during the regular season, he hasn't really been uh, what a lot of us were hoping Ian would be. But it hasn't really. It's not going to hurt you as much if your offense is actually going well. And when you turn to tonight's game, 
you got to face a really good arm in Aaron Nola. The Braves are very, very familiar with Aaron Nola. He's been a top arm for a long time. Hasn't been a what I would consider a top, top arm as, as much. Now, last year, actually, I was surprised at how good Aaron Nola's season was a year ago. Uh, he was a guy that when they changed the ball uh, and they took the sticky stuff away, he, he struggled for a long time. Uh, he, he had a number of struggles trying to adjust to the not being able to use the sticky stuff. But he his walk rate didn't really climb. Last season, he had an 11, uh, 11 Ks per nine, under two walks per nine. Kind of the same thing for him this year. One thing about Aaron Nola, though, is he will give up the long ball. Uh, no surprise that in the last two seasons, he's given up more home runs than he has at any other point in his career. Uh, and his fastball velocity has kind of started to drop a little bit. Had a career high in 2019 at 93.3. 2020, 2021, 93.1. Now it's at 92.7. Um, that is pretty much the exact same as his 2017 velo. Now he's had a pretty good season. Overall ERA is 3.96, but you know I don't really look at at ERA. Um, his FIP is 3.71. So it hasn't. It's been his worst season, quote unquote, to this point since 2019. He's still at 0.8 F4. Last year had a four and a four and a half F4 campaign. Had a really good season last year, actually. Um, and the Braves have faced him a ton. We've seen kind of both both sides of the Aaron Nola coin. He will allow home runs. If you can make him leave one of those curveballs up in the zone or get to him when he doesn't bury it down in the zone, you can hit the ball a long way off of him. Now, that's something that this offense needs to be aware of. It's going to be kind of similar to what you saw with Kyle Gibson where it's going to be everything trying to be down in the zone. It's kind of the same way of Zach Wheeler. Now, Zach Wheeler has the best stuff of any of these guys, but Aaron Nola has better stuff than Kyle Gibson. And Kyle Gibson, though he did give up seven hits, he somehow scratched across eight strikeouts against this Braves offense. Um, but if you kind of approach this, like if you kind of approach Nola like, like you do Gibson, then you're going to have a good opportunity. And you know with this Phillies team, they're not a good defensive team, so it takes a little bit of the pressure off from having to feel like you just have to, to rack up homers because you're gonna find you're gonna find the grass or the dirt. You're gonna find your way on base just by hitting the ball because these guys are, are are really porous defenders, particularly their outfield defense, as you saw on Ronald Acuna's um, quote unquote double. That really shouldn't have been a double. It should have been an error, but since nobody touched it, it goes down as a double. Uh, you you kind of saw it there. But overall, this Braves offense looks like they're coming to life, and you're getting it just in time to go to Coors, which should be really nice. Uh, always nice to see balls flying out like that, like you can have at Coors Field when you're pitching well. Uh, you'll have three, like I've said, you got uh, last game tonight. Tomorrow you start a three-game set with Miami. Then you go to Arizona, which is another place where you can mash some homers. Uh, and then after Arizona, you get a four-game set at Colorado. Then you get the Athletics. Then you get the Pirates and the Nationals and the Cubs before you go to uh, June 20th is the next time you face a team over 500 with a four-game set with the Giants followed by a three-game set with the Dodgers. So the Braves are in prime opportunity here to really make, even if they don't grab number one in the division at this point, they're in a really good spot here to make some real inroads. And that's what you want to see from this Braves team. For what's been a struggle all season long for these guys, you're, you're at an opportunity here where even though you've played pretty horrible baseball for most of the season, you're at an opportunity here where you can actually kind of do something, where you can make it count, where you can kind of make up all that ground that you've lost and you need to do so. Uh, and again, you're facing Aaron Nola, which can go one of two ways. He's either going to be completely lights out or the Braves are going to drop four or five on him. It's not really much other ways that you can see Aaron Nola. Uh, 
but really the most important thing is just to not let him get into the seventh or the eighth inning. If you can chase him by, if you can cap him at six max, then you get three at bats against their bullpen, which is, as you saw last night, and you've seen for the last two or three years is what you want to do when you play Philadelphia, bad defense, bad bullpen. That's how you want to go about it. When you, when you play Philadelphia, so stay in the game long enough to, to take advantage of that. And whenever you have Kyle Wright going, you've got an opportunity to be in the game pretty much no matter what. And for Kyle, I mentioned he's been kind of, I don't want to say he's been bad. He's, he's, you know, he's been one of, if not the best pitchers on the team. He's been one of the better pitchers around baseball for at least the early portion of the season. His last couple times out haven't been quite what we've seen before, but they were still very good outings and they were still outings to draw upon. I think that's the thing from Kyle Wright is every time out there, we're seeing something from him that that's just showing that he's doing well. And if you go by game score, he had a 65 game score his last time out, which is very good. Uh, and that's, he, he's been, now he, he's kind of, you kind of think it worse because of how good he's been in other points of the season, but he's really only had one bad start this whole season. He's had one bad start, one below average. All of the others have been above 60 on the game score threshold. He has been just outstanding, locked and loaded all year. Um, it remains to be seen how he'll do against this Phillies lineup. They do have some guys that can pop you deep. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, uh, JT Romuto, who's been really, really good this series. They have some guys that can make you pay a little bit, but I think this is a different Kyle Wright, and I think Kyle's ability and willingness to throw in all different quadrants of the zone with all of his pitches at any point in the count. I think that's, that's a good recipe for keeping hitters off balance. And if you can keep this Phillies, these Phillies hitters from feeling comfortable, they'll strike out a ton too. This is, this is kind of the perfect series for this Braves team so far. Now that's obviously assuming that they get the game in tonight, which is not a guarantee. Um, if they don't get it in tonight, then I'm going to count it as a series victory and I'll take consecutive series victories. However, I can get them right now. Uh, and one of the one of the other things I'm looking for right now tonight is uh, is to see what William Contreras can do. I haven't seen the the lineups yet, so I don't know for sure if William Contreras is in the lineup again tonight. I hope he is because he's been the best hitter for the team right now. Uh, he he hit another home run yesterday, which at this point in time, William Contreras has more home runs this season than any other hit combined. He has seven homers, and he has I think uh, five total other hits. Uh, he he's been. Just superb. Everything he hits has been just bombs away. Uh, has a fantastic looking swing. His defense has been light years better. Uh, his his foray into left field wasn't great. You could definitely tell it was his first pro game out there. Uh, but again, I think he's athletic enough to where over time he could he could handle that at least to the level that Austin Riley did. I don't think he's I don't think he's the worst person you could run out there if you're going to give him some real time out there. But catching wise, I think we might be. I don't want to say that we're seeing a changing of the guard. I think Travis Darno is still a very important and vital part of this team for his game-calling aspect alone. But if William Contreras keeps hitting, and then when Ronald Acuna is fully healthy, and then you get Eddie Rosario back, depending on how he's going to, to feel when he gets back, uh, I, 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 I'm struggling to see how you don't have William Contreras in this lineup every day, assuming that he continues to hit. Now, he's not going to keep hitting the way that he's hitting right now, he's not going to have a 500 ISO for the entire season, but he's just putting good swings on the ball. And if you dig into his underlying numbers, it's not like he's been supremely lucky. I mean, he's, he's earned what he's done so far. His underlying numbers, his batted ball data all backs up what he's doing right now. So if he can, if he continues to hit and he continues to, to lace the ball and continues to show power and continues to, to do better and better and better as far as, his, his approach at bats and his, his 
game behind the plate, his, his blocking ability and his game calling, he already works really, really well with a lot of the young guys. I don't see any way you're going to be able to take him out of the starting lineup, and I don't think you should. Uh, I, I know you don't like to have your backup catcher, quote-unquote, because what if somebody gets injured? Well, in that case, call up Chadwick Trump. Let him be the permanent backup catcher, That whether he's backing up Travis Darno or whether he's backing up William Contreras. He can be the the backup or emergency catcher, however you want to view it. That way you don't have to feel like you have to sit Contreras. As long as Contreras' bat is going well, then you want to play it. Because I do think there'll be times for William. I think the way that he kind of approaches games, I think there's a little bit of streakiness to him. And I think we'll probably see that at some point. It's kind of similar to Dansby Swanson, who's speaking of speaking of streaky. Dansby Swanson right now is in one of his patented hot spells where he's just one of the best players in baseball. Uh, just hitting everything in sight. Uh, take advantage of this because we know what's going to happen with Dansby. He'll ride that roller coaster and he'll he'll be one of the best offensive shortstops in baseball for a month or two, and then he'll be one of the worst for a month or two. And it's just kind of how it goes. So you got to take advantage when he's hitting the way he is. Got to bat second last night since Ronald Acuna was a late scratch due to the quad soreness. Uh, I I would imagine we probably won't see Acuna today. Maybe they'll get him at DH. I don't really know. Uh, I uh, I kind of go back and forth on this. If I I really doubt we'll see him in the field. I think if you've got wet grass and you've got a guy who's I don't want to say he's looked ginger and he he's in the straight line. He looks like he's been just as fast, if not faster. He's carrying his his top speed longer for sure. But when you're seeing him in the field or having to make abrupt stops, he does still look a little not really ginger. But he looks like he's kind of keeping an eye on his on his feet, and I wonder if he's nervous per se. But if he's if he's thinking about that knee a little bit, and if he is, then I don't really want him running on the wet grass. I'd rather him I'd rather him be at his best and be absolutely comfortable than just to have him in a game to have him in a game. Now that said, I'd love to have him DHing tonight. Obviously, anytime you have Acuna in the lineup, you want it. But Arcia has been outstanding himself. You haven't really missed a beat. He got another another two doubles last night. Orlando Arcia has been awesome offensively. I'd like to see him get a couple starts here and there to maybe give some other guys days off because you've got most of your infield hasn't really had days off. Adam Duvall has basically not had any days off. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to see you work Arcia's bat in the lineup while he's hitting well. Um, but I'm not going to really complain about that too much. But that said... You're still a pretty fair bit behind the Mets right now. You're playing a lot better. But it's one series against the Marlins and one series against Philadelphia. They're not great baseball teams. Now, you're not playing a lot of great baseball teams. You need to beat the teams that you can beat, obviously. Um, but to carry forward through the rest of the season, I do want to see you taking advantage of the guys that are having hot streaks. And this is a good time when you're playing bad teams to get some guys rest that maybe you wouldn't be getting rest periodically anyway. Now, if you're Brian Snicker... The the main once you get above five hundred, I think maybe you start seeing at that a little bit more. You're two games under right now, so you go on a bit of a run these next couple series here. Get yourself above five hundred, and then I think maybe you can start maybe have that conversation as far as getting some guys some days off because you are going to have to do that at some point. It's about to start getting really hot, and you don't want to wear all of your guys out by having to chase the Mets all season. The Mets are in a little bit of a funk at the moment. The Braves should take advantage, and I think they're in good position to do so. We'll see how that goes tonight, Kyle Wright versus Aaron Nola. But it is Thursday, which means we got to do a prospect spotlight. And I'm going to do one today that, unless you're really tied into the Braves system, I can almost guarantee you haven't heard of. And that is Brandol Mesquita. 
the 20-year-old outfielder that is currently in Augusta. This is a guy that he was part of the signing class of 2017. He was one of the guys that was taken away from the Braves for Copygate. The Braves did re-sign him, though, in 2018. There's a lot of teams that are probably kicking themselves right now for not going out and signing him or, or going a little bit higher on him. He wasn't one of the... He wasn't one of the main guys. He wasn't a, a big signing or anything like that. He's not a top prospect at the moment. But all he's done so far, last season and this season, is hit. He, he's done incredibly well so far this year. His his line, if you, if you keep up and you're looking at the box scores or you're following along any of the number of great uh, prospect guys among Braves Twitter, then you've read Mesquita's name a lot because he's got, I believe it's a 32-game on-base streak. Um so far, he's got two homers, 22 ribbies, scored 25 runs, five steals, and he's hitting a cool 336, 407, 450 with a 403 Waba. Contrast that to last year at uh, his time in the Complex League where he hit 308, 402, 452, 404. He's had pretty much the same line moving up a year. And one, another one of the really great things and one of the really great signs is he's cut his strikeout rate uh, from what it's been. He's cut his strikeout rate nearly every year. And that's what I like to see from younger guys. He's not a gigantic guy. Listed at 6 feet 170. Not a ton of power. His high water ISO marks 144. But he's still pretty young. He's 20 years old. Uh, and he's, done, he's grasped the full season ball very well so far. And he's kind of doing a little bit of everything. And when you're talking about guys at low A or Augusta, I guess it's not really low A. It's just A ball now. But when you're talking about... Augusta it's kind of hard to really gauge what their game is he's a very young guy so you don't he hasn't gotten his his man growth yet I'll say he, he still has the the younger body he hasn't really matured physically yet so you don't really know what his overall game is but what you've seen so far is a guy that's going to be very aggressive he will take walks if you give them to him but he's certainly looking to hit his walk rate has been to uh, 12.6 12.1 11.1 and 9.9 .9 this year so he's shown a willingness to take his bases and he hits a lot of line drives, hits the ball pretty hard. Uh, 452 Babbitt last year, 450 this year. Obviously, that's something that'll come down as he faces better competition. But you can only play the guys that are in your league. You can only play the guys that you're matched up against. And for now, he's been outstanding. He's He's been one of the true breakout performers in this minor league system. You just aren't really hearing about him because, one, it's Augusta. You don't want to freak out about guys performing against other guys who were probably, you know, 18, 19 years old. They're, they're young down in, in single A. Um, he hasn't hit the top 30 yet, but that's one that I think the midseason update, I think you'll see him break that top 30. You might see him even go as far as 27, 25, somewhere around there. Still probably about three years away. But if he keeps hitting the way that he is, then I would not be surprised if the Braves are fairly aggressive with his promotions until they find a level that kind of challenges him offensively. It certainly helps that there's not a lot of outfield depth in this Braves system. So if he's showing that he can perform, and he continues to perform, he continues to swing the bat well, as long as his defense is passable, I wouldn't be shocked if you see him get to high A relatively quickly. Now, is he going to get all the way up to double A this year? I doubt it. That'd, that'd be asking a lot to get to three levels for a guy in his first season of, of actual in his debut season of full season baseball but you've seen stranger things happen and so far he's definitely earned some more some more aggressive push he's been outstanding he's done pretty much everything you've asked he's been the best performer on augusta aside from some of the pitchers like roy brasilinas or uh, aj smith shaver but Mesquita's been Mesquita's been the guy. He's been the most consistent guy down there. He hasn't been, you know, the highest rated guy. But I think that's something that you're going to start to see the change. And I think the Braves, it's too early to say if they found a diamond in the rough here. 
But what you're seeing from him so far should have you nothing but excited. And if you're a person that plays Dynasty League Baseball, this is one of those guys that I would really take a hard look at. Not saying that you want to grab him right now, but I'd write his name down somewhere because this is a guy that we could look in another year and a half or so, and we could see Mesquita. If he continues the rate that he's going, we could see him be a guy that's in the top 15, uh, kind of creeping in on top 10 at the top 30. He's a guy that has a lot of tools. He's a, he's a very aggressive base runner. I don't know how fast he is, straight line fast right now. I'll have to ask some of my other prospect guys that have maybe seen him in person, but he's very aggressive on the base pass. He's Stole six bases in 2018, six in 2019, 15 last year. He's stolen five this year. Now, I believe he's gotten caught four times already this year. So I don't know that I would say that he's a guy that you might think of as being a 20 or 30 stolen base type of guy. But he's shown a big willingness to run. And I think that he probably wouldn't be having that same willingness if he was just slow. Now, granted, catchers at lower levels typically don't have the caught stealing rates uh, of the guys as you get up there. So we'll see if once he gets promoted to high A, if that aggressive base running continues. Uh, but one thing he's done is just hit the ball and hit the ball really well. Carries really nice OBPs, carries really nice slugging percentages, despite the fact he doesn't have a lot of over-the-fence power type yet. And, and, and I'm not sure if he's ever going to have that, but there's nothing wrong with being a gaps guy. There's nothing wrong if you're a guy that, that lives off of doubles and triples. There's there's nothing wrong with that, especially for a guy that isn't a part of your top 30 that you're looking to have kind of surprise everybody. And when you look at him this year so far, he's got eight extra base hit or he's got 10 extra base hits, two homers, two triples and six doubles in his 47 hits total. So he's done well. And I wouldn't be I really wouldn't be shocked to see him come up and, and at least get a call up to to high A. Fairly soon. I don't know exactly when that will be, but Brandel Mesquite is a guy that everybody needs to be keeping an eye on. He's not a Michael Harris. He's not a Drew Waters type, but he's certainly somebody that you guys need to have circled, need to have him in your minds and keep an eye on him because we could be looking in another couple years, maybe maybe a year and a half, and be looking at this guy and wondering, okay, when do we see him come up and what's his role on the big league club instead of wondering whether he has a shot at even getting to the big league club. You always need guys like this in your minor league system. You need guys that you don't have, that you didn't necessarily have as super top-end guys that come out and just overperform. Once you get them with your guys in the system, they just kind of hit this other level. Mesquita is one of those that I'm going to be looking forward to watching. Uh, remember, write that name down, Brandel Mesquita. Outfielder for Augusta right now, corner outfield guy. Uh, see where he ends up at the end of the season, going into the next season. We'll see where he places. But about this time next year, we'll see where he's at. But for me, that's going to go ahead and do it for our Thursday episode. I will be uh, back on the radio on Saturday for the 643, a very special episode of the 643 show, actually, as I will be uh, I will be recording live. I don't want to even say recording, but I'll be broadcasting live from Emory University uh, for the Special Olympics. And I'm extremely ecstatic to do this. I am really, really excited. This is something that I've always wanted to do. Ever since high school, we did something uh, with with uh, a special, special baseball league, and I, I've always wanted to do something like this, so I'm very, very excited for Saturday. If you guys haven't been tuning into the Saturday shows, uh, I would really ask that you tune in this Saturday. We're going to have an interview uh, with one of the guys who are helping to run the Special Olympics, and I am just, I'm, I'm just extremely excited to be able to do that it'll be my first live broadcast but it's, it's gonna be one that i, I i'm gonna have a lot of fun doing and i hope i hope the show is to your liking we have a good time doing it and i hope you guys will tune in and give those guys a little bit of love because i'm, I'm very very excited for this um 
But that's going to do it for me. I don't want to. I don't want to wax philosophic too much on that. I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, hopefully, the Braves get the game in tonight and go on and beat Aaron Nola behind a great start from Kyle Wright, and the Braves can get into the uh, the. They can get into they can get into these these following series facing bad teams. They can get into it pretty well and uh, take themselves a, a good run. And I don't even necessarily need to see them jump all the way to the top, but get into the Marlins next. We've already seen where they're kind of at right now. Take care of the Phillies tonight. Take care of the Marlins and Diamondbacks here, and the Braves can get themselves on a run. We will be back uh, on Tuesday for the podcast to kind of see where everything's going again. I'll be at Emory University tomorrow or on Saturday, I'd rather Saturday morning to uh, cover the Special Olympics. Um, but as it is. I think we're going to go and call it a day. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Always appreciate you guys. Thank you for everybody who reaches out. Love you guys. And we'll be back right here next time for the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks. Spring into action this year with a brand new ride at Audi Atlanta. Brian Finneran here, eager to help you kick off the season behind the wheel of a well-equipped 2024 Audi Q5 e SUV with plug-in hybrid technology. Available now at Audi Atlanta. It's literally the perfect SUV for those who have been thinking about EV but might not be ready to go all in. With Audi's plug-in hybrid technology, you get the best of both worlds. The electric power for in-town driving and a full tank of gas to eliminate that range anxiety for those out-of-town adventures. Right now, you can lease the Audi Q5 e plug-in hybrid for only $560 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Drive into spring with style at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease. 2024 Audi Q5 E55 S-Line Quattro. 560 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 49.54 due at signing. Example stock number 825448. MSRP 62,495. Excludes tax title and state fees. Offer expires 4124 with approved credit. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.